is the Christian life a life of peace, or is the Christian life a life of warfare? It's a great question with a stunningly simple answer, and it came in the form of a 2005 regional conference message from John Piper in Greenville, South Carolina. Here's Pastor John. The Lord Jesus on the Damascus Road says to Paul, I send you, I send you to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins. I send you to open their eyes. (laughs) Right, right. Paul knew good and well, God alone opens eyes. 2 Timothy 4, 6, the God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Paul knew that. He wrote that. He knew that God alone can raise the dead. God alone can give hearing to the ear. God alone can give light, spiritual light to the blind eye. And he makes humans an essential element, means in the process called evangelism. Or he makes you a key player in your fight for joy. It's his gift. He alone can give it and you must fight for it. Now, that produces a certain modesty, I think, in the fight. When I say, you must fight and only God can give, it should create a certain modesty in the fight. I use that phrase because it seems the best alternative to the presumption that comes with thinking, I can make this happen. I can make this happen. He tells me to... Rejoice in the Lord and always rejoice. All right, if he tells me to do it, I'll do it. There's a certain presumption there that just doesn't fit with everything I've seen so far. Here's here's some texts that describe the modesty of the Christian claim on God. Proverbs 21, 31. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory belongs to the Lord. It's a certain modesty as you go into battle. I will make my horse ready. I will strap it tight. I will put my sword in my hand. I will get a good night's rest. I will eat breakfast properly. I will stoke the engines of my flame for God. But victory is in the hands of the Lord. Joy belongs to the Lord. Or Proverbs 19.21, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but the purpose of the Lord will stand. Be a planning people. Be planning churches. Oh, yes, don't live planless lives. Just be modest. Your plans may or may not happen, and God will decide. And be happy about that. Be totally happy about that. Or Psalm 127.1, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Be a watchman and build a house, but just be modest. If your house gets built, God built it. And if nobody attacks the city, God kept them from attacking the city. We have a place in causality, whether it's our joy 
guiding our steps, growing a church, leading someone to Christ. We have an indispensable place on planet Earth. He wouldn't have created us if there were no reason for us to be. But it is a modest place that ascribes to God the final say in whether I'm happy today or not. We must not begrudge to God the seasons of winter that he may will for us when we have done all we can do to make ourselves as happy as we should be, and we're not. There are several things that this modesty accomplishes. One, it guards me from thinking that I decisively produce the joy that God demands, and therefore life becomes a series of techniques. I think one of the reasons in America that we are a technique people I mean, just open magazine after magazine, mail after mail. Here's the new technique for your marriage and the new technique for living the victorious Christian life and the new technique for growing the church and technique, technique, technique. The reason we are technological people, whatever that word is, <laughs> is because we're not modest. We don't, we don't really emotionally embrace the fact that God has given us some things to do, but in the end, we don't have control. God has control. That, that removes the, like, I'm an American. I gotta have results. So I will get people saved. And the way to get them saved, if I can't make them saved, is I'll develop a technique that gets them saved on the beach immediately. <laughs> and that's where a lot of our evangelistic strategies have come from. A lack of Submission to God's sovereignty, a lack of modesty, and therefore the drive to produce managerial techniques that make things happen ourselves. That's one thing this view will help you avoid. The second thing is that it will keep you from falling into legalism, thinking that you can do this in order to earn God's favor. you got to have God's favor first before you can do this. We'll get there in a minute. The third thing it does is help balance. I don't know if you've ever struggled with this, like I and people in my church do, the balance between life as fight and life as rest. Matthew seven fourteen. The gate is narrow. The way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. So the Christian life is hard, right? It's hard. It's a fight. It's war. That's one thing. And if that's the only way you think, you're probably going to be a sick person. Because you also know another thing Jesus said in Matthew. That's Matthew 7. Always keep Matthew 11 and 7 together. 7, 11. <laughs> you remember it that way. What did he say in chapter 11? Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you, say it, rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. Well, Jesus, which is it? Rest or hard? Narrow? Am I in your arms just kind of being brought to heaven, or am I swimming and stumbling and working and climbing and clawing. Is it restful to be a Christian or is it war to be a Christian? And the answer is it's both. And here's the way they come together. The war is to rest in the right place. And the whole world is telling you to rest in all the wrong places. Rest in money, 
Rest in success. Rest in your looks. Rest in your strength. Rest in your, your business. Rest. Just it, the, the world wants you to find your satisfaction, your restfulness, your peacefulness in insurance, padlocks, cruises, big fat retirement, big portfolio. These are all the restfulness commendations of the world. And the war is to rest in the right place. And it just happens to be hard to rest for Christians who are worldly. And another reason that I stress this modesty is that it it does give all glory to God. That is so good, important, and culturally revolutionary. That was John Piper from his 2005 regional conference message titled, When I Don't Desire God, Part 3, preached in Greenville, South Carolina. This golden clip was found and sent in to us by Paul DiVincenzo. Thank you, Paul, for the clip. You can find the full message, of course, at DesiringGod.org. On Wednesdays, we dip into the sermon archives and play your favorite clips. If you have a clip that you love and you want to share with us, email me the name of the sermon and a timestamp of when and where the clip occurs in the audio. If we post your clip, we'll give you credit, of course. Send me an email at AskPastorJohn at DesiringGod.org. Well, as we often do, we address painful questions of life and tomorrow a listener who is drifting away from God wants John Piper's counsel and his help. You won't want to miss this one. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. I'll see you tomorrow on the Ask Pastor John podcast.